let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we are still reeling from the fact that this week's big news actually happened on recording day. I know. That doesn't normally happen, does it, Steve? I mean, what is all that about? Normally, you wake up Tuesday and someone drops a bomb. Absolutely. But it's it's happened today. Yeah, just um, a few hours ago. Yeah, we're going to come back to that in in the news. I'm sure most people by now will know what we're talking about. It it won't be a surprise by the time you hear this from the time we recorded it. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, But yeah, so we'll we'll come back to that in the news uh, and we'll give that a good going over. Um, We have got beer and glass to start with. We have got beer and glass. Our our, our theme for the beers tonight is uh, gluten-free. Um, you know, th- there are lots of people who do who are gluten intolerant, and now that we feel there are a few more beers out there, we thought we'd find out if they're actually uh, stand up to any sort of scrutiny. Mainly based on for us how they taste, all that kind of thing. And uh, we've got some beers which were sent to us. It's called Golden Era. It's described as an ancient grain beer. It's four percent, and uh, let's tuck in. Yeah, um, it's got a. Like a really lemony nose, like oranges and lemons on the nose. On the nose, it's got the like that like some form of citrus ilk to it, but it's um, it moves more a bit more towards a uh, cider territory for me on the flavour profile. I was gonna say for me, it's it's more like um, more traditional saison rather than funky saison. Okay. It's, it's got that. It's, it's very lively. Well, I suppose that's not dissimilar styles, is it? Yeah. Traditional saison and cidery, they're not a million miles apart, are they? No, no. Um, so, I just just a little bit about this beer because it's it's quite interesting. We were sent this, um, and we weren't sent it by a brewery. No, nope. we were sent this by a PR company called Inkling, um, and obviously it comes with lots of PR spiel as as well about it. So it's a new brand of beer. Uh, and, and it's naturally gluten-free. Um, it's a special recipe using ancient grains of quinoa, buckwheat, millet, uh, and then brewed with Liberty hops. Um, the inspiration came from early beer recipes from all over the world in countries including Peru, Ethiopia, and South Africa, where ancient grains were used in brewing long before wheat and barley were introduced. So it's, it's quite interesting, and we did go back to Inkling and said, can you tell us a little bit more about beer? So who brews it? Um, it's actually brewed by a small uh, brewery called La Binchoise Brewery in Binch in Belgium. And it's backed by ZX Ventures. Oh, yes. ZX Ventures. That, the, the ABI capital. And, oh, and that it? was at the point where I was like, Ah, so this is why it's been sent to us by a PR agency yeah. rather than by the brewery. Exactly. Is is this this ABI's backdoor way into the gluten-free market? Possibly. I mean, I haven't seen these anywhere else apart from what we were sent. N- uh, neither have I. And, and it, it took quite some digging to find out about the brewery as, as well. So I ended up um, on the, the the most most reliable website in the world, Wikipedia. Yes. So it must be fact. Of course. Um, where I managed to find three lines about La Binchoise. Um, founded in 1986 by a husband and wife team who were unemployed at the time. Set up their business at home but soon moved the building into the building of an old malt house and quickly achieved commercial success gaining a gold medal at the annual beer festival in Chicago. 
For a while, their beer was made in a cauldron formerly owned by the Belgian National Guard. The beers are re-fermented in the bottle. Now, the, the picture of the bottle that, that we've got in front of us is, is very different from what we're seeing here. This is one of their um, beers called XO, which is a, in, in a beautifully shaped bottle with a, with a cork and cage. Yeah, XO, they use it on brandy, don't they? Yeah. I can't remember what it means, though. So, I'm sure they use it on a, as a brandy. It's something significant on a brandy. It might be to do with strength. It could be. Um, so I, I think they their normal beers are possibly traditional French style beers. So it, it looks like they've got um they've got a blonde and a and a brune and a special Noel. So it it looks like they've got a fairly standard range of beers and and then they've got this, which backed by ultimately ABI. Um, from a small brewery in Belgium. Very strange. I mean, it's, it's the other information on the back of the label as well. They make it quite clear there's no wheat and no barley in there. So those two haven't been, aren't in there. Then they've got the um, very clearly marked out actually the um, how many how many calories per hundred and per three thirty bottle. Oh, okay. Um, so forty calories per hundred mils, hundred thirty two in, in total. If any, anyone's health conscious, um, there's no best before in date on my label either. <laughs> it's blank. Mm, no, uh, no. Maybe it's because they got sent out by the PR company rather than possibly. Bar. Yeah, but there's different rules on that. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I've had a few of those uh, what they call ancient beers before. Are they Groots, Groot beer. I think yeah. we had one. That's, that's one we've had one it? before from the Beer Bods Plus box, didn't we? When we did I think the so, series yeah. with uh, Matt and Justin, and that doesn't use any hops at all. And I'm not a massive fan of them. Um, this one's okay. I mean, probably wouldn't be looking for it again, if I'm being honest on my initial my initial thoughts. Well, I'm quite intrigued to see where it ends up going because it's. I've got to say, it's it's far from distinctive in terms of its branding. It's 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 quite. That could be. You could put the name of a supermarket above it, and it could be any supermarket. Maybe that's what the intention of it is. Maybe it's. it's oh, it could be. Maybe this isn't even going to be the the final label where it sits down the the free from or or, or the gluten free. Yeah, you could put it in all aisle. the you could put it in all the supermarkets then. Yeah. In fact, it would probably end up in that bit. So yeah, there's there's quite a few gluten free beers in in that section now because and and I, and I I know that because I was obviously having a look in in prep for this show to see what we could get from the supermarket. But also, I do spend quite a bit of time in, in that aisle in the supermarket because my eldest has got, um, it's not so much a gluten intolerance, but he's allergic to gluten. So if he has um, like normal bread, within about two minutes of having it, he'll start sneezing. Right. So he, he has an actual allergic reaction. Oh, okay. Didn't know so, that existed, but I suppose you can have allergic reaction to anything, really, yeah, can't you? Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that presence in the aisles have got bigger anyway, haven't they? Gluten free pasta, gluten. And well, they've made a point of it bread. now as well, haven't they? Yeah, they, they, it's a selling point. Certainly, Tesco's have got a whole what what's becoming almost half of one side of an aisle, yeah. which is just free from. That's where this beer would sit. I'd, if you were I, yeah. trying to push it, because I can't imagine a bar taking this. I can't imagine you'd start ordering it online. It's this has got to be for the supermarkets. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm. I'm struggling to see where it would sit in. And like you say, the branding. It's white and gold with a bit of blue. It's really is just. I would bypass it every time. Yeah. No. The, the more you say it, and the, and the more you, because the, the fact that there's that 
ABI connection. Yeah. An independent bottle shop isn't going to touch this. If if they do the, it didn't take a lot of digging. No. But we we eventually found that who who it was backed yeah. by. So they're not they're not going to touch it. And I, I think the more you say it, and the more you look at that branding, yeah, it's suitably generic enough to be supermarket shelf label. Yeah, because it, I mean. Brewed and bottled by the brewery that you said. Distributed by Beer Hawk Limited. There you go. And so that may be the only online place you can get it from then as well. Um, but even then, I don't think they're going to be. They're not going to put many pictures of that beer on the, on on the website, are they? No. Or on Facebook or on Twitter. So yeah, I mean, I uh, I got sent some of these prior to us doing the show, um, presumably through the blogging, and. Um, I give one to a colleague at work who's gluten-free. And I think he's basically just gone to cider and wine these days, just to, because it's so difficult sometimes to pick out the beers. Um, he said he enjoyed it. Okay. But he's not really a beer drinker, so his marker is probably a little bit different to yeah. us, his starting point. So again, if it gives people another option and it becomes widely available, then it'll probably tick a box for a lot of people. Yeah, and, and also, it is actually gluten-free. As, as well, and they, they, they make they've made that point of, of saying yes, that it's not gluten reduced. It's not gluten reduced. It's 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 gluten free. Yeah. So it is going to tick maybe even more boxes for people that have gluten intolerance or, or, or celiacs yeah. that that will actually suffer as a result of of intake. Yeah, gluten. But, but still want a drink. It's only four percent, so it's I mean it's quite light. It's quite a light feel to the whole to yeah. the whole drink. So perhaps yeah, it, it will tick. A, a couple of boxes in that respect but yeah for me I'm almost picturing it on the shelf in the supermarket now. yeah I, I, I've got to agree I've, I've got to agree although I mean looks wise it's completely on trend you, you, oh, yeah. you can't see through it it, it looks <laughs> like orange juice yeah it's gone past haze and even in the bottle it, it looked like it was it looked cloudy, orange it? juice in the bottle. In the, in the brown bottle that it's in it looked like it, it was secondary fermentation shaken up yeah so it looked like it was never going to settle, but no. it's obviously not meant to. Obviously not. I, but I mean, suppose it's, 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 some, it's some drinkable fine, enough. You, you know, like you say, for a 4%, um, what is it, a parallel? Yeah. You, you know, give me that in the summer in the garden, I'd probably quite happily drink it. Yeah, but if I go, if I'm back in yours in the summer in the garden, I don't want to. You can have it. Okay. All right, thanks for that. That's all right. Cheers. You're, you're <laughs> give, give, give. You are, aren't you? Um... Okay, well, we'll come back to that. We'll, we'll, we'll have yeah, a few more sips. We've got a few more of, the, yeah, of yeah, these beers anyway. Yeah, we are so. going to go through them. Um, so what have you been up to since last show, mate? Um, well, Beery Adventures, Steve. We've, we've, had a, we've had a few of those. I've heard other people have Beery Adventures I, these I, days as well. Apparently so. There will be quite quite a few podcasts are now using Beer Adventures. See, it's like Belgian on Untapped. I'm claiming, we're claiming that one as well. I, I think we should... I, I think we're probably... We've got a case there for a trademark. Yeah. Because it's all evidenced as well. People can go back and... See that we used it first. We were the first people to use the phrase Beer and Adventures in a podcast. But we'll take it as a compliment. Yes. You boys can have it. Um, well, obviously for me, football's dominated a lot of my, my drinking time. Um, whether it be an England game or not um, but especially during the England game so I I by and large missed the bottle share last week that uh, we had because uh, I insisted on going to a pub which was showing the football in real time rather than via the internet which is a couple of minutes lag I said I couldn't cope with that so I went to a pub nearby and then popped back at half time and after full time to share some more drinks 
But um, any, anything stand out for you at the bottle share, Steve? Uh, there, there was a few, actually. Um, we had um, Alex join us, who was uh, formerly the, the, the manager of the Owl House in, in, in Chelmsford, and he then went back to Australia about... About a year, 18 months ago now. Well, not just the manager of the Owl House, he's the one who said, yes, you can bring your own beer into my pub. Was, yes, <laughs> he, he's the man that's largely responsible for the Essex bottle share. Um, so he was over, and he now works for uh, a brewery in Australia as one of many roles that he does for the brewery is as their brand ambassador as, as well, so to promote and to sell their beer. And he bought a load of their beers over with, with him, so... What was the one I tried? Was it the dark one? Uh, there were a couple of there dark was, ones. There was one in particular I just had a real quick sip of, which you put out when they came back to half-time. Was it the 14% one? Yeah. Um, that was the big, bad, bourbon barrel-aged Belgian barley wine that with was rye. That was amazing. It was for 14% in a can. It was ridiculous. I mean, it was actually ridiculous in, in terms of how good that beer was. And how drinkable. As, as well. For 14%, yeah. It's a good job there were only two cans of that between six of us. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, because the other guy who would normally be the bottle share, he was watching the football with me as well. So yeah. we reduced your numbers. There was a couple of people who just couldn't make it um, and work things. So yeah, that could have been a dangerous night if you don't, if you don't fair, a few more of those. Fairly small affair. So, so this was from um, the Dainton Family Brewery. So he bought us over six of their beers to try. So, so we tried that one. Uh, we tried a, an IPA from them, which was proper solid old school IPA kind of English West Coast hybrid, really, really clean, crisp IPA. It sounds like to when we first tried Pirate Life. Yes, yeah, very similar, very similar to that. And then they also had an, a, another one that was a standout one, was a Blood Orange New England Rye IPA. Now, they really enjoy using rye Evidently. In, in their beers. They use them in quite a few of them, but for me, the rye worked really well in the New England style, because it, it softened, or, or it didn't soften, it brought to life that juiciness. It added that little bit. Rye, for me, will add a little bit of a spicy characteristic yeah. to, to a beer. And by doing that, it just lifted that juicy, sugary finish to something different. And I think maybe the addition of the blood orange as well. It just all came together so well. I mean, you it's, have to be careful with that because, I mean, I always find when my criticism of rye beer sometimes when the rye feels it's been overused and it starts to dominate. Yeah. So it sounds like that was pretty well balanced. That very, way. very well balanced. So, so they, I mean, that was lovely. It was, it was great to see Alex. It was great to try those beers. We had, we, we had a few other beers. That, so you, that, you had that more different beers than people. If Alex bought six and there was only seven of you in total, including Alex. Yeah, we we still added 12 beers to the bottle share list. <laughs> That's pretty good going. Yeah. I think I drank 12 beers, but it was mainly ghost ship. <laughs> so no, it's an, an, another good one. And, and like I said, I think we're heading towards, I think we've topped 450 unique beers at, at bottle share yeah, now. Yeah, it's pretty impressive that is. Still, mate, is, still think that is impressive. It, it is impressive and, and impressive even more so that one man... Um, has, Clayton has been to all of them has tried everyone yes. those 450 beers that's pretty good going there yeah um, and I, I, I guess also thanks to um, the current manager of uh, the Owl House for moving the table so that yes. it wasn't in direct line of sight of the football which I think was a special request so he, that was he good tucked us away that. yeah um, two, two reasons one because um, we, we thought we, we took a decision as a group that we thought the 
that the football would detract from the essence of the bottle share. Which I thought, and bearing in mind, football won out for me by a country mile. Yeah. I fully supported that decision. Got you a nice little spot by the doors, though. It was a nice little On a spot. hot night, that worked out well. On a hot night, it worked out well. However, had it been last month when we had 16 people together, it would have been tough. We would never have got around the table. No, we'd have sit in the bus in, station. In that space. But Terry was very accommodating. Uh, and, and yes, it was it was actually quite nice to be in the bar and, and see the place that busy as, as well, because mm. we're the, the side of the pub where we'd normally have our, our bottle share it's was just, the TV. just rammed. Yeah. You, you couldn't move in there, so um, it, it was it was good all round, yeah. So. Yeah, I was drinking my body weight and ghost ship on keg <laughs> at the pub nearby. Which you're not a fan of at the best of times. No, but it was actually, I was quietly impressed with it. And I was had a pint on keg bef- a couple of weekends before, and again, I was impressed with it. So maybe yeah. it's just improved a bit for me. Um, but I don't get cask as much as I used to, because I'm not in the North Essex region. So, right. so could be that I've, it sort of leveled out a little bit for me as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I tried the uh, Northern Powerhouse series, oh, the, the, the Wylam. Yeah, the yeah. Wylam collaborations. Just a bit of a bit of a whim, really. He decided to order order them in, and um, Michelle very kindly chose the order and brought them in, and we shared those while I was watching the football because I could only focus on the football. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is there was there were some nice ones in there, um, but the uh, the Imperial Porter. Which we did last, brilliant. So was that the one with Buxton? Uh, yeah, I think so. Chocolate cookie, vanilla, something like porter, that. Porter, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I'm writing up a blog, sort of a his and hers, thoughts and pictures, so people will be able to get a bit more detail about that as well. Um, but yeah, stunning looking cans when they're all lined up as well. Mm. Some really nice designs. Yeah, the artwork's incredible. Um, and for a couple of those breweries, they were unfamiliar to me as well. Um, so, although I know of Box Social, I've only, really only tried very little from them. And there was another one whose name escapes me who I hadn't seen before at all. Um, so, good opportunity for them because wine are pretty well known these days. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some good some good collaborations in there. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily northern enough for, for some people. I mean, uh, with, uh, you know, Thornbridge in there. I was going to say Thornbridge is questionable. Isn't I, it? I mean, is Derby north enough? I mean, it's north enough for me. Yeah, I'm in the south. I'd imagine some people would argue that's like North Midlands, <laughs> Greater Birmingham. No, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was really where I've been, and I said my focus has been more on um, the world in motion at the moment. Um, I've just got, I mean, just a couple of other, other beers that I've had that were kind of standouts for, for me, really. Um, I had um, a beer called Jandaro, which was from Cloudwater and Square Mile Coffee Roasters. Okay. Which, which was one of the beers that was produced for the, uh, the Uppers and Downers that, that was a few, uh, a few months back now. Um, and this was, it was an Imperial Brown Ale with, with, with coffee. And it was it was simply stunning. It was absolutely incredible. It had this this sweetness to it and this this balance, and then it just had this wave of coffee coming through it. And I, I was just I was I was taken aback a little bit because I was like, and, and I think I said it in my untapped check in. I just I wish Cloudwater would do more beers of different styles because when they do it, they do it bloody well. Um, yeah, because you've just reminded me, actually, one of the Northern Powerhouse series was with Wylan was with Cloudwater. They did a brown ale. Not an impy brown ale, just a brown ale. And that had like some really nice uh, 
like roasty chocolatey notes to begin with. It wasn't trying to be a coffee brown ale. Yeah. Um, but the brown ale was superb. It was like, so this is how brown ale can be done. We don't have to harm twigs. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely delicious. So, so it's good. an unusual, um, unusual one to do the brown ale with the coffee. Yeah, but it was it was in in a way, it was it was nice because you, obviously standard would be a porter or a stout. Yeah, that, that's that's what you get with, with coffee in it. And we're seeing more and more so nowadays. The odd pale ale comes like the odd coffee pale ale as as well. But no, this was it was just. It was bang on uh, as far as I was because I, I was I, actually to the point where I was gutted. I, I'd only bought one can of it. That's one of those things because uh, presumably this part of one of part of your beer central yeah. orders. Yeah, and you generally do one one of each. One of each, please. Because yeah. they're my ticks. Then yeah. I get my ticks in. What what's what's new? What do I want to yeah. try? But then there is always that risk that every once in a while I'd be like, oh damn. Yeah, should have got two of that. And another one from from last month's uh, beer, beer central order, and again from Manchester, um, a beer called Hoppo Platter from Marble, which was West Coast IPA, and boy was it ever! Was it? It was proper West Coast, proper bitter, proper resinous, dank, piney, bitter, little hint of sweetness in there. Absolutely perfect. I couldn't for to have, and I had those beers back to back on on Friday night. And I was like, I'm a happy man. I've, I've done that right because cool. they just work so well together. That's good. They both sound good. I saw, I saw your uh, your check-in for the marble one as well and I thought, okay, that sounds like it's ticked a few boxes. Oh, very much a nice 500ml can as well. Oh, cool. What colour? Uh, purple. Purple? Purple. There may have been hints of green. Ooh. Are you sure you just didn't see the green? Maybe. I think just <laughs> green in everything. <laughs> um... Let's come back to the beer. Have you, have you got any more thoughts on, on, on this one? I'm not sure I've got much more to add, but yeah, it's on untapped. It's going to be a three out of five, which for me is a, it's okay. Not really offending me. I'm, yeah. I'm not, sure, not sure I can go that, that high on it. See, I'm more generous at my mid marks and you're more generous at the high end. Well, because for me, when a beer is really good, it, it's really you're good. You're happy to dive in with a five, aren't you? I, I'm, yeah, I, I will... It's essentially, I'll, I'll go for a five and say, then I'll start justifying it to myself. Is, <laughs> is, 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 this, is this really a five? Because that's what I did with that Imperial Brown um, Owl. I was like, oh, that's a five. And then I was like, is it though? Is it? Could, could you drink it all day long? And I was like, no, it's a 4.5 then, because it's not smashable. There you go. That's but then Heavy Lord was a five. Oh, well, I get that 4.75, which is still my current Without highest. Without a doubt. It's because not your it, current, are you? You've still got five, you've got fives on there. Oh, no, yeah, sorry, in the one-off spears. Oh, okay. I've now started doing fives for the smashable cask oh. spears that I like. Right, fair enough. You are quite right there. Yeah. So, shall we um, shall we dive into some news then? Because there's, 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 there's a bit to get through, isn't there? Go on then. Okay. Um, Where do we start, Steve? Well, today's big news. Today's big news. Um, which was the... We do need those big Ben Bongs. For pure... <laughs> have um, been acquired by an Australian company by the name of Lion. So this is um, CM4, Forpure becoming 100% owned by Lion. And in turn, Lion are owned, I think, 100% by Kirin Holdings. This essentially makes Forpure owned by a brewery that's owned by a brewery. Yeah, well... Yeah, Lion is almost like a an umbrella type of brand, isn't it? They, yeah. they have various ones under it. Um, 
Kieran are also the ones who own the stake in Brooklyn, aren't they? Oh, are they? Yes. Oh, so yeah. Kieran are the ones who acquired the 24% of Brooklyn. Right. So that Brooklyn can still be defined as craft by the US definition of it. Okay. So they've definitely, Kieran have had some money to spend by the looks of it. It looks like it. And um, I, I've got to say, when, when the news broke, I was like, firstly, I was like, yes, it's happened on a Monday. We can, <laughs> we can talk about it. Um, and then kind of followed by, I've got to say, a whole lot of ambivalence about it because I, I, don't, I don't know whether it's the, with the whole Beaver Town thing, it got so caught up in that that this has come along and I'm just like, oh, I just don't have the energy for it again. Or, or whether it's just that I knew it was coming. Well, you did, when we had our conversation, which we referenced in the, in the Beaver Con episode, I had Beaver Town, and fortunately Beaver Town came in three weeks before Four Pure, <laughs> so I could have the extra smug face. You can just have the, the smug face. You've had three weeks of smugness, now, it, yeah. I, now I'm getting my smug moment. Yeah. Um, and I think a few other people, I think when we've had private conversations with our bottle share group and stuff like that, a few people have already sort of singled out Four Pure as possible, hadn't they? You know, the branding's very clean. Uh, they've, they've been in the supermarkets for a while. They've done a nice bit of expansion recently. Um, I think a few people would have gone for it. Um, I was, I was just picking up on some of the stuff that was uh, that was written up. I think there was one bit, some, one quote from Dan Lowe, which says, uh, we're not going to say nothing's going to change because what would be the point in the, in the deal? But he so didn't say what was going to yeah, change. But it's a, it's, a, it's a good point to make. Yeah. Um, and I think there was some of it that I thought it was just quite nicely honest we've sold 100% you know just yeah. bang and complete sound even on the uh, the blog which has come out by 4Pure um, they get to the point a bit quicker remember we spoke about Beaver Town yeah, yeah. but it took seven pages of A4 for you to print it out to get to the we have sold some of the business um, this came out quite quickly um, fairly much in the first couple of sentences if you're reading this you already know yeah that that was a strange opening yeah it was like if you've landed here then you found out that we've we've, we've sold the business yeah. and it was like that's a strange way of doing it but then it then it then came out that this story went to all of the main beer press with an embargo on it as as well so that was why it there were suddenly at half past three, three or four came out at the same time everybody was talking about yeah it. and everybody had pre-written pieces oh yeah because they didn't write I mean otherwise they've written damn quickly after yeah. the 3.30 embargo was lifted um, I mean I, I, I'm going back to your point about being ambivalent I mean I think we've spoken about Four Pui before because the one time I was a guest on the old Beer O'Clock show I did Four Pui beers you did it. yeah I've always quite I've always really liked them and, the, and they're probably still my favourite especially now that Colonel don't have a tap room where you can drink in Four Pure are probably my favourite spot. They would be the ones I head to first, do my couple of hours relaxing before I think how many others the others can I do. Um, so I probably always had a bit more of a a love for Four Pure than yourself anyway. Um, but I also think that um, have Four Four Pure never really set themselves as craft, independent maybe, but never really done the whole indie band kind never of really set up. themselves no never really spoken out about 
you know they've never they've never done torn from the rafters when something's gone on and stuff like that I mean what it does make me a bit curious is um, whether they'll carry on canning for brew by numbers well that's a really interesting point actually because brew by numbers were one of the first breweries to pull out of the beaver town extravaganza yep citing various reasons yep now this is no different you could argue it's worse they've sold all of it they've, they've sold they've sold all of it so but yet as things stand today as we record yep. which is monday bearing in mind this is what five, five come up for five hours since yeah. the news broke much earlier in the day brew by numbers were advertising their latest can yeah that's still on their Twitter feed. They've not taken it down. No. And they've not said anything about we're no longer going to be using Four Pewds can. And, and I've got to say, and I know some people aren't going to like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. If Brew by Numbers don't pull their can in from Four Pure, it's a case of double standards. Because they're, they're saying we're not, we're not supporting Beaver Town for, for, for what they're doing and the decision they've made for selling minority stake regardless of what that stake mm-hmm. is yeah. but we're quite happy to still use Four Pure who are now 100% owned by a brewery that's owned by another brewery for our canning and and that really feels like it's them wanting to kind of have their cake and eat it sort of thing yeah well I think the I mean obviously like I said a few people have probably shut down for the day but it will be interesting to see how that pans out because they probably, if they do, well, whichever way they go, a statement will have to come out, in my in my opinion. If they're going to p- pull their canning line out, they'll have to say why, much the same way as pulling out the extravaganza, they explained it, and quite right. Um, that obviously had more of an impact. This is more, the, this would be more of a, as a, a business decision as well. But if they don't pull out, then yeah, it, it would come into, it would then call into question, what's the difference with a minority share sell, minority sale to Heineken versus a complete sell up to Lion. Mm. Um, you know, so it'd be interesting to see how it develops because um, you know that that canning arrangement is, is a fairly recent thing, as we know. Brewed by Numbers only started canning back end of last year. Well, well, I think the can that they advertise today is their fourth can. They've done two. Double dry hot yeah. pals, a double dry hot type PA, and now this yeah. saison. So what, it, it was a very recent deal, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that's, that's coming to being. So it will definitely be interesting to see how that develops, and to see if anyone else has any thoughts. The initial uh, noise on Twitter was fairly low key, to be honest. But there certainly wasn't the explosion that there was when Beaver Town made their announcement three weeks ago there wasn't the gnashing and wailing of teeth no and the uh, the, the people with the burning pitchforks and everything ready to, to, to go um, but yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see how that pans out um, while we're talking Beaver Town it's a nice segue into yep. to, to the next yeah it's, all, it's always good to mention Beaver Town yeah um, it's still rumbling on and, and we will come back to it a little bit later on as well because obviously we've had a little bit of feedback on our last show and our thoughts on it um, but Beaver Town after much speculation uh, as to what was going to happen with the extravaganza um, put out a statement because obviously since we recorded we've seen more and more breweries drop out of, of the extravaganza some that publicly announced some that quietly 
didn't. They announced behind the scenes. But as, as things stood when Beavertown put out the, the, this, this statement that we're about to go into, only 44 of the original 90 breweries were, were, were still so attending. Almost, so bang on, bang on half were left. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A, a minority were left. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ironically, yeah. <laughs> Probably about 49% of them. <laughs> um, and so, so Beavertown said that basically uh, what they're going to do is they're still going ahead with the event. Uh, anyone wishing to attend will be given a £20 refund on their ticket uh, and people don't have to do anything to get that and if they no longer wish to attend you have two weeks to, to claim back your, your your money they then go on to say that um, refunds are exclusive of the booking fee and of course they got torn apart of, over that um, despite the fact that that part of this was nothing to do with Beavertown. It no, it do doesn't matter, but Beavertown, Beavertown used that agency for the that, tickets. They did. Someone should, if you're getting a refund on your ticket, you should be getting a refund on your booking fee. And if Beavertown have to foot the bill, they foot the bill. A, a refund, or do you think a lot of people sat, were saying, oh, well, you could have given something in kind, you could, could have given a discount to the web store? Well, no, or, because if you're pulling out, if you want a refund in the extravaganza, then presumably you don't want to be buying the beers anyway. So what would be the point in getting a credit note? So, so you think Beavertown should have honoured? Yeah, if you spend that. if you spend six, forget about the booking fee. You have spent sixty five pound plus booking fee, wasn't it? Then you something like so that. So almost yeah. seventy quid. I should get my seventy quid back. Hmm. And Beavertown should foot the bill. Otherwise, it's not a full refund. That's that's so it's a partial refund. Yeah, it's a bit like saying I'm going to the airline saying, "Well, we'll run you the airline ticket, but you know, two thirds of it's tax. Don't have to give you that back." Well, that'd be shit, that'd be, wouldn't it? Yeah, true. You'd be well chuffed at that, yeah. wouldn't you? Not. Yeah. So no, I think Beavertown have almost done the right thing there. Okay. So, so what do you think about the, the, the number of breweries that have now pulled out, though? Because we've got, we've got 46 breweries there. shockingly that, high number. That, that, that um, pulled out. For me, it's a bit of a two-way thing. I think you've got the breweries which have pulled out, I don't disbelieve their statements, although personally I do think there's a bit of bandwagon jump, jumping here to be seen, to be righteous about it. Um, equally the ones who said we'll stay I think you know they're staying maybe that's a business decision maybe they think it's the right thing to do by their customers um, again I'm just a bit personally I think if you've signed up to it you should stay and and that should be it you can put out a statement similar to Wylam and Northern Monk did saying look we're not particularly happy about this but we have signed up to it you know we are going to carry we are going to carry out our our obligations because we've been over there are some people who are looking forward to trying the beers we're going to bring mm. to the party that would probably have been the better way of doing it you could still make your feelings quite clear you could say well look yeah after that you're dead to me beaver town logan you're a mate but in the beer world this one's done but we will honor our obligations to our fans especially the ones more so the ones from outside the uk which were the hyper the, let's people face it, were excited about. That's the big draw, isn't it? I mean, that's, yeah. that's what I understood from last year. The big draw were those were those ones from the States. Those ones you can't get hold of. And if you can, you're definitely not getting hold of it on keg normally. Mm. Um, so I think for some of them, it's all just a little bit too self-righteous for me. Um, you're supposed to love your customer, but for some of those breweries, how are you going to get those beers in the same place again? Well, you, you're not. I can't you? see it happening yeah. at the moment. Well, there's, there's, there's a couple of things in, in, in what you've said there. I mean, w- one of the things is a lot of the breweries that have pulled out have said, oh, we're, we're, we're going to make it up to you that weekend. Okay, well, that's brilliant. But if I'm a, if I'm a ticket holder 
that was going to go to the extravaganza and I've decided that I'm going to take my refund but these breweries are still going to honour something for me that potentially means I'm either going to have to zigzag across London to various venues where yeah. they're going to be pouring or I'm going to have to try and get around the country it's, it's not it's not practical for them to say we'll offer you something I don't think that makes up for pulling out of, of, of the event. I know they might as well have not said that yeah because the something hasn't been defined anyway yeah, yeah. There's a lot of something. We'll offer you moment. something. Oh, that's really good. Or we might offer you something over five different weekends. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks are are for all that. these American brewers gonna now work together to get something? You're not going to find an event space for the summer now, are you? Well, it was interesting because I was uh, I, I got involved in a discussion on Twitter last week that said if only somewhere in Bermondsey was big enough to hold an alternative thing. And in my mind, I was thinking Fourpier. Obviously, now no, no one's going near there. No. <laughs> It's not been held in four pure either. No, um, but but for me, it, it really boils down to um, kind of morals in terms of the breweries that have pulled out and and their moral view on things versus integrity in terms of those brewers that have decided to stay, even though they don't agree with the decisions, they've decided to stay for their customers, fans, you know, whatever you want to mm. you want to call them. And I'm, I'm going to say it, and again, probably second unpopular thing coming out of my mouth tonight, I've got more respect for the brewers staying than I will ever have for those that have decided to, to pull out of the event. No, I mean, it's fair enough. I said, I think, in the ideal world, the Beavertown deal wouldn't have gone through to art. But even, even if it had gone through art, I think people would have felt a bit cheated. They would have said, oh, you knew this was going to happen, you just waited till after the extravaganza. <laughs> so the news has come out in advance. Um... But the other, like I said, the other brewers could have made their displeasure unknown without pulling out. So from that, just on to um, one more story that's linked to this um, before we do get into to, to the next beer. And that was the news that um, Thornbridge are looking to raise around £10 million in the next two years. And they've said that they're actually open to either a mega brewer or private equity. I thought that was an interesting statement, and I wonder where. I mean, if they've been looking at it, they've obviously been thinking about it for a while. So, do you think they just thought now is a good time to get ahead of the game? Possibly. Or do you think they just thought, fuck it, nobody's going to hate us as much as they hate Beaver Town? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> isn't that the whole bury, bury the news kind of thing, which has been used cynically in the past in political circles? I mean, you know, they can't then be. You know, they can't then have people saying to them, "Well, you know, you should, you didn't say anything before, and all this kind of thing." Yeah, they're actually openly saying, "We we want someone to invest." Effectively, the, if, by that statement, they said it won't be crowdfunding. No, they've gone big beer or private equity. That's their two options. Effectively, it's either a an advert saying if you are interested and you're looking for someone, and you may have thought, you us. may have thought we weren't interested. Yeah, however, we are. Um, or it's just a, well, we've already been talking to someone, maybe there's a bit of an announcement coming up, let's get ahead of it. Do you think, do you think this is the way that the craft independent market is going? Do, do, do you think it's now, if, if you want to be a big player in, in this, this arena, and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a level between macro and independent, maybe there needs to be this... I mean, there's still going to be... I mean, even Beavertown, aren't they still going to be smaller than, say, Fuller's? Yeah. In how much they produce? And Fuller's are a large regional in the UK, but, I mean, Fuller's are so much smaller than, say, Sierra Nevada or somewhere like that. So, um, yeah, perhaps, I mean, 
it'd be lovely if you could think that everyone could stay truly independent but then that'd be like my foot, thinking my football club's going to stay independent and only have players born within two miles of Anfield and everyone on the board is from the Moore family still and all that kind of stuff well it just doesn't happen these days mm. it's and, and most right and the, the caveat I'm saying most most people will take someone coming into their football club with a bit of money like you know Blackburn local businessman Jack Walker they'll probably never reach those heights again but they had those one or two seasons and one of those seasons they won the Premier League and they spent money to do it you know people people don't mind people investing when something good comes out of it when they really love it and I think that Formbridge has probably just been a bit I'm going to use, use the word I didn't mean to I'm going to be a bit canny about this <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's strange though because I wouldn't put Thornbridge down as it's not exactly like they're hard to get hold of their beers no but obviously maybe they want to export more um, they just want their beers to get out to more places I mean they are playing in the chain of pubs as well aren't yeah, they yeah that's got to be some form of investment hasn't it yeah um, you know they're doing these residencies aren't they like the residency they did in the first quarter of this year they've done one with the Nicholson's pubs I know it's predominantly southern and London based um, they've obviously got a taste for maybe having a bit more in, in influence on getting their beers in the taps and stuff mm. and their range has probably got bigger as well hasn't it it's growing yeah and they've been adding seasonals yeah so and... yeah I, I, I was surprised they announced it surprised that because they, they seem to have been able to grow quite happily without it but they've obviously got to the point where they can't see how they can do it any further without the money and they've, yeah. just, they've just put out saying well let us know if you're interested we can have a chat I mean if I win the, if I win the Euro lottery I'll, I'll, I'll stick some money into Formbridge all of it <laughs> well it depends how much I want <laughs> depends how many times they'll serve me that pint of cask at the, at the brewery oh you got in before me <laughs> you, t- you denied me that <laughs> well I think it's, it's interesting because the Thornbridge last week they did um, break the internet three times in I think it was about a 24 36 hour period because um, that story emerged that they were looking for investment and then all of a sudden a picture of a can of Jaipur uh, appeared on, on our Twitter feeds to which everybody duly lost their shit over. Yeah, I was definitely one of those. If that had been April the first day, I would have thought it was a joke. Yeah. Um, a thing of absolute beauty. That orange can looks stunning. I don't think we ever thought we'd see the day where we'd see Thornbridge cans because they've always they've always said they've always said no and a few people mentioned the the particular blog post about it yeah and we know that they invested a massive amount of money into the into the bottling into the bottling line and they always said that canning would have to meet the standards they currently have for the bottling so maybe that's why they need the investment it could be because the the canning line whatever they're found then has got to be costing a few pennies surely if they've got what they considered to be the highest of standards for that, and it was a complete no-no before, then, you know, it's, it's got to be a good one. I'd like to see what it looks like. Can't wait, can't wait. And then the day after, they then released another picture with three more cans next, yes. to, <laughs> next to Jaipur. Which so what, was, what else are they releasing? Uh, Green Mountain, which is the Hazy Vermont Session IPA. Wasn't that the one that was, uh, was that at Seshfest? Uh, it might have been because they yeah. did a limited run in the limited bottles. bottles bottles available at the moment Florida Vice which is a hazy raspberry sour mm-hmm. which I think I said to you I actually really like the sound of that yeah which might surprise some people because there's two words in that description 
that I'm not normally a fan of. That fast stuff. <laughs> Hazy and sour. And then I think the one that everybody wanted to see in a can, yeah. which was their Hell's Lager Lucas. So that's, 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 you would have been surprised if they hadn't put Lucas in. Because you can see Lucas turning up in cans in shops and supermarkets yeah. and stuff. Well, you can see all of those cans on. Oh yeah, on, on the but like I said I, the dry pouring cans. I can't wait to try that. I can't. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm hoping there's a child batch of them appearing just around peak end of time. Around about half twelve. Yes. On the Saturday. Yes, for us to be enjoying. Yeah, so with, I can try cask, cake, bottle, and can. All four. All yeah. four in the format. I, and then we might be able to put to bed that question that was asked a while ago. <laughs> Which is best on all the formats. Just, just to finish up the news while we're on lager as, as, as well, um, final piece of news this week is that Moore has created its first lager. So Moore Beer uh, have created its first lager called Simpils, which is a single infusion mashed pilsner in collaboration with the acclaimed pils brewer Ag- Ag- Agostino Arioli, founder of Birifico Italiano. It's a 5.5% ABV lager uses rich floor malts that's been mashed using traditional British single infusion method. Um, been lagered for more than 10 weeks, full flavoured and naturally hazy. Oh. I mean, that's going to be good, isn't it? You, you, well, the other more... I mean, uh, the question is, is, um, is Cameron going to say it's real lager in a can? I mean, that's going to be the big news, isn't it? Is it real lager in a can? But um, I would anticipate it's going to be better than some of the other ones that have come out recently. And um, just ca- carries on showing that lagers are definitely uh, it really definitely does on. seem to be the summer of lager, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, what's really helping is our heat wave. You know, for anyone outside the UK who may may listen to this, for us this is a heat wave of what two and a bit weeks now. For what other people would normally probably just call summer. Summer, yes. We're not used to this. Yeah. Um, and suddenly everyone talking about lagers and having lagers out there. It's perfect timing, isn't it? To, to be fair, it's all I want to drink at the moment is is, is cold lager. It's my it's a lot of my starting point. Like, yeah. I mean, we had a pre-show beer and it was a pilsner. Check pilsner, weren't it? So, it's, it's just doing the job. It yeah. does. It ticks all of the boxes. Anyway, oh, speaking man. of beer, we've got another one in the glass. I just just wanted to get through that news first. Yeah, no, that's good. A lot happened. A lot has happened this this week. In, so uh, here we go. Okay, so what have we got here then? Cheers. It's a vagabond. Gluten-free from our friends Brewdog. I say friends, they don't talk to you anymore, but I did see a big advert for them at Liverpool Street Station today. Yeah, which, which I tweeted. Yeah, equity for pounds. For, I, I, can't, I can't come off the train this morning and I, the, I'm blind to the adverts at Liverpool Street on the big screens because I see them all the time. And I thought, I looked up and I thought, I thought I saw Brewdog. No. And then it flashed over to something else. So I thought maybe I'd made it up. And then it came out again. They're advertising Equity for Punks 5 at Liverpool Street Station. I mean, how much more money do they want to raise? I don't is, know. is there anyone left, apart from you, <laughs> apart from me, that, that hasn't invested? Well, but they have tapped into a whole new market, potentially, of people who have money by opening that Tower Hill one. Really? So that's, that's all money around that neck of the woods. That's all, that's all insurance. Well, I suppose there. I could explain why they've suddenly got big adverts at Liverpool Street. Yeah, there's Station. no coincidence. It's just reminding people where around. Because you can actually buy a share at the bar or something. Oh, can you? Yeah, so you can imagine a few people, six hours in the pub, I'll buy some shares. Yeah, I'll have some of this. I'll have some equity for punk, that sounds yeah. cool. Shit, what did I spend £47 on in one go? <laughs> what drink was that? So what do, you, what do you think of the... I mean, I think I've had this before, the Vagabond. Well, I've got to say, you know, we, we spoke about the previous one clearly being aimed at, at, at the supermarket um, shelves. 
this is probably the, the, the one beer from tonight's sex selection, maybe with the exception of one other that's coming up, that, that is now so readily available. So this is available in most supermarkets. Yeah. I think it's available in spoons as, as a gluten-free option in the fridge as, as well. So it's, it is a readily available gluten-free I mean, beer. I think it's perfectly nice pale ale. Yeah, it's got it's got a decent nose on it. I mean, for me, I'm you know again. Fortunately for me, I haven't got any of the the gluten intolerances or allergic reactions. Um, for me, it's just a light, fruity, sessionable four and a half percent American pale ale. Yeah, it's got again similar to the first one. It's definitely got orange and lemon, hasn't it? Yeah, and and there's a real bitterness there. Yeah. At, at the end, there seems to be a real bitterness on the finish yeah. to, to this, which I don't mind. I obviously quite enjoy it. Yeah, nice I think I think for its level of sessionability, I think the bitterness is in the right level as well. Yeah, what did you say, Dave? Four and a half percent. Oh yeah, it's just perfectly sessionable. In fact, it? it probably sits actually. If you were thinking about it, it probably sits quite nicely between Dead Pony and uh, Punk. Yeah, and, like, and there's I, no, no reason not to not to drink it. Just because it's, it's gluten-free? No, yeah, I, I would base it still. For me, I can base it purely on taste, can't I? Because I haven't yeah. got any of the prob- problems or issues. So, yeah. But for me, that's really nice. I'm actually thinking I should probably have more of these around. Seeing as it's so easily... So easy to uh, drink, so available. easy to get hold of. Yeah, yeah. And it is nice and light. And it does give you that extra option. Cause, you know, sometimes I might have a 5am scent or this is lager, but they're not my favourite of the Brewdog range. Hmm. It's Dead Pony. Then we've got Punk. Elvis Juice and Jackhammer would be my you four beers of choice, but this is, you know, hot day barbecue. Drinking a few of those quite yeah. early on would be all right, wouldn't it? Easily, yeah. Now the difference between this and the first one in terms of the the gluten element to it. So, so the first one was completely gluten free. There, there were no traces of, of, of gluten in that. Whatsoever. Are we talking about one of these microscopic number things that they have? Yeah, this is gluten reduced. So there's, there's, there's a difference between the two and how they're brewed and how they're made as, as well. So the first one would have been made with, as, as, you, as you pointed out, all ingredients that in, didn't include any wheat. Yeah. So, so there's no gluten gone into that at all. They've used substitutes for it. And, and, and the main substitute that's normally used is a gluten-free grain called sorghum which is normally used in completely gluten-free beers. The, 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 the beers that are gluten-reduced try to keep some of the flavours, the characteristics of our normal beers. So they use um, a, a, an enzyme to break down the gluten. So they add it. It's, it's a brewer's... Um, it's called Brewer's Clarex, um, and that breaks down the levels of gluten to an untraceable volume but it's still there it's still there but it will fall under what is the recognized standard to achieve a gluten-free mark but also to the point where it won't impact on the drinker that may be a celiac as well right so suffer from it. so it's been broken down enough that the digestive system can manage it through so its system although both the beers say gluten-free one has been made They've said, right, to achieve gluten-free, we just won't have gluten going anywhere near it yep. at any stage of the process. Whereas for pro- probably a lot of the gluten-free beers, they go, okay, we're going we're gonna to use a product, but we're going to then use something else to start getting rid of it. To, yeah, to help us bring the levels down. Right, okay. Well, so I mean, that's, again, have I got any strong opinions about that? I don't know. I do know that I prefer the second beer to the first beer. 
I, I do. By yeah. quite quite some distance, to be honest. Actually, my in comparison, my free sounds quite generous now for the golden era, <laughs> compared to what I'm thinking about the vagabond at the moment. So, you know, I would say hats off to because Brewdog had it in the wild for this for a while in their race. This has been they? yeah, it's been around for a long time. This was a. Um, one of their prototype beers originally that they, oh, okay. uh, I believe that then became a permanent. It's so, a good addition and it does give you a nice option. Yeah. And, you know, on the shelves, it's quite clearly marked up as being gluten-free. It is again <laughs> available in, in that aisle in yeah. Tesco's. Yeah, I'll to, I might have to go down there. Or any supermarket. I should have a few of those in there because, like I said, I'm really enjoying it's, the flavour. It's actually. very drinkable. Now, I, I, did, I did do that research on my own. I, I did find out some of that. But also, we had um, Matt, who is on Twitter, at GlutenFreePint, got in touch and has shared a whole load of information with me as well, especially about the beers that we're going to do on the rest of the okay, show. Okay, cool. Uh, as well. So I did want to give Matt um, oh, a thank shout you, out. Thank you very that. much, Matt. Somebody does um, our research for us. Yeah, but that's what we need. We need a researcher. Um, part, of the just, fam- part of the family just keep bringing people into the family yeah um, so and, and he was also saying that obviously like most things the, the US has different standards and the way they describe things as, as well so um, in, in the US you have to achieve a, a certain measurement for it to be classed as gluten free yeah um, whereas you know again over here it's maybe not quite as, as strict is, is there a, like a European measurement on that uh, I, I imagine there is, but and that's that's where the use of this brewer's clarex comes in to, to help to reduce the levels below what is the, the standard to achieve that sort of gluten-free. Okay, mark. it's a bit like having the word organic, there's certain criteria yes, yeah, to abs- meet that. absolutely. Okay, well, like I said, I'm really, I'm really enjoying it myself. Mm. Me too, it's very, um, it's very drinkable and, and something, you want to go back to it mm. as, as well and just keep, keep, keep drinking. I wonder if that sort of lightness in it without it being thin is due to the reduced gluten yeah I'd say but again if, if you strip it down to what it actually describes itself as which is an American Palau that's exactly what I've got in my glass yeah and I, I do like that just it's not a high bitterness yeah but it's just there at the end if, if you want to benchmark that to something that I would say is your benchmark American Palau Sierra Nevada mm-hmm you, you, you could actually drink them side by side quite easily, I think. Yeah, it's probably just a little bit more punchy fruitiness on Sierra Nevada sometimes, but again, it's another percent up as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, um, let's get on to, to this week's question. Opinions, 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 opinions. Which was, um, this was spurred on by a story that I saw... Um, pop up on Twitter uh, and was in the news um, while I haven't been quite so encapsulated by the football as you have I have been following other elements of it um, and, and this story came up this was about um, pubs essentially charging people more for a pint during England's matches so see that um, completely bypassed me this was um, so this was after uh, no before uh, it's come out the day of the, the quarter-final match. Um, so pub chain Stonegate Pubs is charging up to 50p more a pint during England's matches in some of its 690 pubs. 
Um, a Yates in Manchester was charging an extra 20p on drinks, while a walkabout in Colchester added 25p, and the Clock House in Harlow, 50p. Essex really representing hard. Yeah, there. great. Um, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, Stonegate said the price hike has paid for door staff, plastic cups and cleaning so venues could meet a number of licensing requirements. A spokeswoman said that price increases of between 10 and 50p would be applied on certain drinks in certain venues for the duration of the match. Um, but uh, the editor of the Morning Advertiser, which serves pub trade, uh, came back and said that he did not think it was common um, practice acknowledged there were increased costs for major events including getting more stock and security mm. spoons jumped into this uh with its 880 pubs across the uk and said it would not be following suit we wouldn't put our prices up i don't think our customers would be very impressed you have to show loyalty to customers who have shown loyalty to you yeah yeah well i mean we got we did get quite a bit of feedback on this one but my yeah. initial reaction is that thing about the whole increased costs and stuff yeah increased sales as well yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and let's let's not dive into that because quite a few people fed back with with particularly that that, that yeah. comment. Because I again, well. um, you know, usually I'm completely on top of the polls, um, but work and football, well, I haven't had enough brain power and capacity to, to allow anything else. Yeah, in. I, basically, my my day to day was trying to keep on top of my work and talk to people about football. Okay, that was it. So I, a lot of these comments are going to be really fresh to me, actually. Brilliant. Well, that's, that's, that's good. That, that's good, though. Um, so the question we asked um, was, is it okay for pubs and bars to increase prices for big matches? So, which is, is essentially on the back of that story, do, did we think that was okay? 630 votes. So a lot of votes. What's a lot on, of votes? Because, I, mean, I mean, we probably had over half of those came in today. Yes. Because it was uh, around about the 300 mark last night? It was, yeah, about 300 yeah. when I went to bed so last was, night. There was a bit yeah. of content today then. Yeah. Voting. Um, 92% said no, it, it's not okay. 8%, which equates to, and I did my maths on this as well, equates to 50 people said yes, they think it's okay. So, which, which I found quite interesting. And the thing that I found really interesting was uh, very few, as in maybe less than two, people that voted yes actually made a comment as, as to why See, but we've had that before when, when we have yes. the the opposite of what we think will be the popular vote people don't comment so I always find that a bit strange like right, come back it up give us something to work with here help us to understand why 50 of you think that's a that's that's a good thing yeah or at least acceptable which is well, probably a better way of putting it the one that um, came in quite late on on, on this poll as, as well was um, from Mark Johnson who always has something to say on, on our polls and especially when it involves a pub yes and pub and football actually you know we, we are always grateful for everybody that contributes yeah. but people that contribute week in week out um, you, you know you, you help us to build the content for the show um, so Mark said yes if it's for the right reasons some costs especially to pubs bars that would not normally show live events do need to be covered similar to how some places can justify that pouring half a pint is not half the work therefore not half the price however looking at the list of places that have been called out for this it is nothing but opportunistic and wrong if i like the place and they can justify it i'd be fine with it but that doesn't seem to be the practice 
plus the surely extra sales cover additional costs doesn't always work. As we all know, there are a lot of interesting people who nurse a pint or a lime and soda for a whole game and contribute nothing to teal sales. So I would say that on that last point, there was a, um, a pub, which is sadly no longer a pub which shows football, where we used to play darts and work. And they actually had a minimum spend on match days for that one then. Oh, because really? they actually, uh, there was a low, low, I saw it when I was there playing darts. You know, we're all playing darts, so we're definitely feeding the tills when you're playing darts. And um, they had like three or four people and there was a maximum of two drinks on the table and none of them were alcoholic. Oh, really? Yeah, so that bit I understand. I mean, probably during England matches, it's probably a bit different. Judging by some of the scenes at the weekend, there was a lot of people not nursing just one pint. No, and there were a lot of pints getting thrown uh, yeah, yeah. people. Well, well, come on, what are you, what are you, what are you, why are you throwing your beer? Well, there mean, were some places which cheered about throwing beer. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to throw your beer over. Yeah, I mean, it must have been really shit beer. <laughs> That's all I can say. But no, a few people said um, locally around here, they were in a pub and beer went, one bloke walking back with his train, they just knocked it out. I was like, why? What, did they offer to replace his train? Nope. Should have done. Pub Basic pub etiquette, that. Yeah, yeah. it's just... Just wrong there. Yeah. But, um, again, I mean, how many tweets did that come to from Mark? That's uh, three tweets. Three tweets. From, from, from Mark. But I wanted to make sure I covered all of those because he was one of the very few. I'm assuming he voted he, he voted yes on, on that. Okay, but even if he, he did, opened up. he still gave us... Um, he, gave us a, he gave us a reason for yeah. it. Yeah. You know, so, you know, just to go delve into Mark's comments a bit more. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't... He's closer to the, uh, the pub on trade than, than we are. So it'd be interesting to know what the... The uh, the right costs are, but there is also the fact that you know if you're going to show it, just go ahead and show it. It doesn't happen very often. Just do it. Um, yeah, I think I've already known my colours to the mast anyway, but I'm just not with it at all. But I think his latter point saying the places who have been called out about it, they're just chains. Yeah, yeah. Who are simply trying to profit here. Yeah, and a lot of those places have bouncers on the door. Days and evenings, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a few people that said a few things in a similar vein to what Mark said there. So Jackie at Lambic Queen said, "For soft drinks, yes, it's fine." As a lot of people who go who who never go to pubs think it's okay to sit there for two hours drinking a glass of coke. That really takes the piss. Um, we've got from Brood at Brood Bars. At ours, we do three pound any pint for fifteen minutes after each England goal. Not one person has abused it. It's brought great banter, banter as the bar cheers and I bury my head in my hands. I love giving something back to our regulars. Um, and then again, similar sort of thing. Sam Welburn from Atom Beer Sam actually had some customers surprised we hadn't put the prices up. And on the note of extra takings, we didn't really see any. It was a quiet evening after the game and that meant we pretty much evened out. After, oh, after. actually, that's a good point because if we're talking about Saturday, Saturday the game was three o'clock kickoff, and I suppose if everyone's doing their their Saturday drinking, but in the afternoon, then you probably have then got they're, a quieter evening. evening. Yeah, without without a doubt. Um, and then a couple of other ones here: uh, Guy Miller at Brew Guy. Um, in fact, the opposite was happening in some good pubs with four percent cask beer on for £2 all day with a free buffet at half-time, not advertised as a thank you to regulars. That's a good idea, and also helps with the uh, soaking up a bit of the extra alcohol. Keep them in the pub. Providing you with sessionable, sessionable strength beers as well. Absolutely. 
Um, we've got another beer, yep. so let's let's get into that, and then we'll, we'll we'll cover off the rest of these comments that people have taken the time to to make. What have we got this time? Okay, so I've uh, poured us the walled top marmalade porter. Okay, it's very dark. It's very dark. I mean, that's that's almost stout. Cheers. Dark. Cheers. Ooh. Oh, that's roasty. Mm. But it's um, it's a tang. A little bit of a tang to it, yeah. It's um, I've had this before a few times over the years, and I've always actually quite enjoyed it. Um, full-bodied ale carrying rich rewards, a complex triple-hopped rich dark porter with a sweet malty base and overtones of bitter orange alongside hints of coffee and chocolate. This porter is also certified to have a gluten content that is below the codex standard of 20 ppm great with classic roast dinners and chocolate i don't have a roast dinner and chocolate i roast dinner with gravy <laughs> but hey maybe i'm it's not suggesting that i don't maybe think it's, suggesting you maybe it's, it the same maybe it's different in yorkshire who knows but yeah. um well first thing first i think it's a, i think it's a really nice bit it's really tasty yeah i mean it's a really tasty bit i think those you know it's called a marmalade port and i think that's the first, that's the reason why i first picked it up because marmalade is my favorite preserve on a t- on toast okay. so i was curious and it has got that slightly orange, you call it, with the tang. I think yeah, the tang, com- real tang, the tang comes from the orange, yeah. I think. Um, yeah. It is almost like having, again, some, one of our fellow podcasters might recognise this one, like having some chocolate orange. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that overpowering in terms of the orange. No, but I think it's more. more no, like it hasn't more, got that oily orange. No, I think it's like one of the more subtle, better chocolates, maybe like a green and black or something like that. Yeah. Um, for, for me, it does have ha, does maybe have the tang of marmalade that, that, that you'd get mm. from from that. I think it's exceptionally drinkable. Now, and we're drinking it cold on a hot hot evening because sometimes there is nothing better than a cold porter. Yeah, because it's still got bags of flavour in it. Yeah, there's loads going on in that. Now, as you as you pointed out again, um, gluten reduced. Yep. This this one, um, which is the same of um, quite a few of Old Top's beers as, as well. It might be their entire range. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um, widely available across Yorkshire, these the, these beers are both in bottle and cask uh, as as well. We don't necessarily get to see them a lot down here. I see the odd bottle, which is when I picked up the marmalade porter. But I have to admit, I wouldn't mind trying a couple of the couple of their beers on cask. I'd be quite interested. I'd, I'd love I mean, to try this on cask. But what dispense method would you prefer, Steve? Cask, cask, but oh, probably through a creamer. Yeah, because that would just smooth that out a lot and that'd be beautiful you'd love that wouldn't you that would be absolutely beautiful yeah now that this beer and the next two beers that we're going to do um we sourced these from where i get my monthly beers from beer central um because we was looking for somewhere that had uh, a good stock yeah of gluten-free beers so when i said to sean do you stock many gluten-free beers he then sent me two pictures that had about 16 beers in them i said we've got these and I was like, okay then. Yeah, because so, you sent over the pictures, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, that's when we picked out a few. Um, but that, I mean, that's a good range to have, isn't it? 16 beers to choose yeah. from. Yeah. So the, the, there's certainly, there certainly seems to be enough out there at, at the moment if people, if people need to, to drink this style of beer. Is there, is there stats on the, um, num- like the p- percentage of the adult population who do suffer with gluten issues? Uh, there possibly are. I, I haven't got them. Because I, 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 I just wonder, it, I just wonder whether it's one of those ones where um, people's awareness of it has got, even about themselves, has increased where they may well have been gluten intolerant for a lot longer than they found out. Yeah. And then you go to have those tests or you go to the doctors or why is this happening? 
and then suddenly you become aware and suddenly a whole load of your diet must change I, I, yeah, from what I read, because yeah, it we're, has we're, to be a complete change yeah, to diet. We've mentioned, I think we've mentioned beer, bread, and pasta, probably because they're three things that we <laughs> we would have on a regular basis. Yeah. But it's not going to just be those. It's going to be a lot more things. It's which anything are, that those ingredients are yeah. using. Yeah, um, maybe maybe not the stats on how many people uh, suffer from it, but again, certainly from Matt uh, at Gluten Free Pints sent over some information that there is a Facebook group, uh, particularly for beer. Um, uh, beersforcoliacs.co.uk um, and there's over 2,000 people on that group that are sharing gluten-free beer pictures Okay. so there's certainly 2,000 people within the beer community that, that I bet you they're a friendlier bunch than the UK Craft Beer Forum I'm sure they are let's, let's not go there <laughs> um, let's, let's go back to, to some of the other comments that, that we've had um, on on this week's poll. So Sean, o, o, Sean O'Reilly uh, at Uncrulia said, it's just exploitation. They will cash in anyway with more punters than usual. There's no need to indulge in ripping off pricing as well. Now that was uh, a sentiment that was echoed by quite a lot of people as well. That was the underlying theme. So certainly Ian Sutton at Ian Sutton 12, Paul at UNRCD, Mark at Kelfired, and Guzzler at Lagging Boats all said something very, very similar to that. Um, and there is a bit of a theme here in terms of exploitation, profiteering, just taking advantage of the situation. It's hard not. I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, if it were, if it was um, if it was anything else, we'd say exactly the same thing in, in, in any other walk of life. So why should it be any different for that? And like I said, it doesn't actually come up that often, um, especially not you know England making the the semi-final and God willing by the time people listen to this it will actually be thinking about being, thinking about the final on Sunday but these opportunities don't actually come up that often with these the mass sporting events which will get everyone in you bet your life if it had been rugby they wouldn't have done it no I, I, I agree no. I, don't, I don't think they would have done it for rugby definitely not, in the, not, definitely not the chains they've done it for the football because they just think people the biggest thing these people could do now if they don't or the punters who've obviously tweeted about it originally just don't go back. For the vast majority of the population, that's not going to happen, no. though, is it? Because they want to be in an environment where they're getting pissed up with fellow-minded people. Which is exactly what I've done in previous tournaments. Um, you know, it's definitely what I did during parts of Euro 96 and parts of Italian 1990. It was definitely wanted to be around like-minded people, showing the football, watching the football, gen- genuinely enjoying it. Um, would, I'm not even sure, but I've noticed the price rise in some places. Cause it depends how often you go there as a regular, isn't it? doesn't it? Well, yeah, because how often do you actually ask for the price of something? Yeah, exactly. Days? I mean, you know, uh, you buy four pints or something and someone says so-and-so and you just do the contactless. Yeah, and, and you're <laughs> done, aren't you? Yeah, or, or occasionally, and certainly I'm I'm guilty of this when we go to the Owl House, I'll give them my card and I'll be running the tab up and I'll so just pay the, the evening. Yeah. Hope you've stood all your rounds when you've had to and that bit's done. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so Mosaic Mike at Mike's Taproom said, um, nah, it's going to be a good payday anyway. I don't think it's right to increase prices. Perhaps ticketing to restrict numbers and avoid overcrowding is okay. On a related theme, whilst I respect those pubs who stick to their morals around not showing sport, I think it's a poor business decision. Guaranteed windfall, instead you're likely to be an empty venue. What do you think on that one? What I have noticed especially for this World Cup, maybe because more places are getting more social media savvy, 
is the amount of places trumpeting the fact that they're not showing the World Cup. You know, football-free zone kind of thing. You yeah. know, come and come and uh, have your drink in peace. Um, that kind of thing. That seems to have been done completely the opposite. I mean, you know, this week, by the, again, by the time people have listened, we would have visited the Chelmsford Summer Beer Festival. We were originally scheduled to go on the Wednesday night. Um, even before they announced they weren't going to have a screen up for the football, um, I said, I, I can't be there for the football anyway. I need to be somewhere where I'm comfortable to watch it. And... Um, so we've switched that to tomorrow night, which means I missed the other semi-final, but I can catch up with that one. So I just want that to go to extra time and penalty so that they're both knackered, so that if we get through to the final, where it'd be easier. Yeah, we're, we're due to go to... And, and the Chelmsford Summer Beer Festival is quite a big event as, as well. It takes over quite a space in, in, in the park in Chelmsford. And they've got room to put a big screen up. And I think they are missing a massive opportunity. I would have loved on, it. I would have on, loved if they'd advertised it and gone for it. And then I may have thought about it, but the fact is they were really quiet for a while and then announced it. Um, and it's not a place... The only time I've ever seen people get properly hammered and a bit out of sorts on a, a Chelmsford Summer Beer Festival is Friday, which tends to be that night when you get more of the wider population turning up at a beer festival. Well, yeah. this is a Wednesday yeah. and people. a lot of people will still want to go to their preferred pubs you wouldn't get that many extra turning up I don't think but what you will get is less people going on Wednesday now I'd I'd be really interested in seeing pictures from Wednesday nights I, I, I personally think it's going to be a bit of a ghost town Yeah, and I think they're probably going to end up maybe losing money because they've not well they'll definitely lose money on Wednesday yeah. whether other people will do the same as us I don't know because for some people they may have only had the option of Wednesday yeah but we've managed, you know, dedicated as we are to our profession. Yeah. We've uh, switched it to another night. Although I am continuing my boycott of camera and refusing to drink any cast beer while, yes. while I'm there tomorrow night. Oh, but so, you will have to pay to get in, so you will still be giving money to camera. That's that's fine. It's like two quid or, or and something. It's just so that you can ironically drink key cake. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just going to drink all the key cake until I can't drink any more. <laughs> and, and then I might find some cider and perry Steve's, to, to, Steve's ambition for life to, to drink hashtag um, yeah. um, so the owl lady at the owl lady said uh, categorically not I wouldn't have dreamt of it they're justified in limiting entry taking bookings plastic glasses etc but they're guaranteed record takings enough to cover extra staff it's an opportunity to gain new regulars not to alienate current ones by taking the piss and again, a few people echoed that. Steve Rushton at Steve Rushton, Tom Steph at Tom G. Steph, and JT at Alan Metal. Um, again, continuing on that theme that people are like, no, it's, it's, it's not right to do. We appreciate there's additional costs, but the additional costs don't outweigh you putting up the price of beer. Yeah, and the old lady has uh, run, run pubs before. She has indeed. Yeah. So there is, this is a level of experience where this particular comment has come from as well. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean I haven't got much more around. I, I don't think they should have done it I, I don't know whether it's happened before maybe we haven't noticed again maybe because more people have got access to social media it ca- comes out quicker um, who knows but yeah the chains that did it but yeah Essex bastards oh, no, I know I can't believe that I'm mean, actually emba- embarrassed by the fact that Essex was highlighted in that report yeah and I think the walkabout and the walkabout in Colchester is one on the um, at the uh, top of the hill near the cinema so I think I know which one that one yeah. is as well. But I mean, it wouldn't have been a place I would have gone to watch football. But what I would say is that in Colchester, there's actually less places to watch football these days as well. Is there so really? If you want to be in a pub environment to watch football, there's less than a used And they will know that, won't they? Oh, God, yeah. 
Because they used to have a Yates down the road and that Yates used to show football all the time. That yeah. one doesn't anymore. So that little section, they've got a bit of a, a hold on that little area because people typically don't want to go around looking for it. They've made up their mind. That's where yeah. we're going to go and watch it. And while you're talking to Colchester, it's great to see as well that the uh, the Victoria Inn is, is still proudly advertising itself as a football-free zone. Oh, God, all the and, time. <laughs> and if, if, if you want to come somewhere for a quiet pint during the games, come to us. Yeah, love, I love Richard, I love, I love Andy and Sheena, but yeah, I wouldn't be going to the during the World Cup either. <laughs> so we've got, we've got one more, and, and you're going to read this one out. I knew I was going to get numbered <laughs> with this one. So this one is from our creative director. Um, and, uh, well, he dropped a few C-bombs, didn't he, on us? He did, and we do have a policy of, that is one word we won't feature on the show. No, in, in any of its iterations, be- and he's, he's <laughs> managed to use it in four different ways here. He has, and because, it, we won't use it because it's a word that divides opinion more than Beavertown selling to Heineken. And also, that's, that's, personally, we don't like it. We, no, we don't, don't like to, to, to use it. So, um, yeah, so we had a bit of fun trying to work out what word we were going to replace it with. Yeah. Um, we had a few ideas. Someone said use a craft. Yeah, which would have been the obvious one. <laughs> Doesn't necessarily work no. for all of the iterations. No. Uh, but however, Clayfish, Clayton, came back himself and said, you, you have to read it, but you can replace the word with Trump. Um, which is quite timely as uh, this is the week he visits. Yes. So Here's a flying visit. Um, let's hear it then. Obviously, he's not meeting any of the cabinet because they've all fucked off <laughs> just because four pure sold up. Okay, here goes. This may require some editing from Steve at some point. Profiteering from any company in any circumstance, whether it's an event, disaster, holiday, etc., is wrong. It marks the owner's manager as a total Trump on a trumping train from Trumpsville, and the Trumps should get in the trumping sea. <laughs> well done. Well done for getting through that. Um, I, I, it, Take all of that out. I think he sums it up quite nicely, though. Yeah, I, I do. And I think that's fairly much... That's how I came in at the start there. Most of what people were saying were fairly much along the same same way. It is just basic profiteering. Um, I, do these companies care enough? I don't know. They're not local pubs. They're pubs which people will moan about it for a while. But some of them will be in there again on Wednesday for the semi-final. Might be in there again if there's a further, further match worth playing after that. Um, you know, and the pub and culture, so I said, it's a bit of a night spot as well. People will still go back there because there ain't that many to choose from. Yeah. So for, that, for that generation, yeah. there's only a limited amount of choice. So people will probably still go back. And, and let's uh, be honest, they're probably not going to notice either, are they? A lot of the time, no. No. Which was said. Yeah. But they might notice on their first point, but... But I do think, I do think it's wrong. I think it's wrong. Um, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think it's wrong, and I think it's like so many people have said. If if you want if if you want to make a, a little bit of extra money, or if you want to cover additional costs, then have a ticket fee, and and you know charge people a fee to get in, and and use that because at least that's up front then, and you're saying, yeah, you come you can come watch a game at ours, but because we we're going to put that game on, we've we've got to buy plastic glasses, we've got a you know, we've got to put on more staff. We've got to have people on the door, and that's going to cost us money. So yeah, you've been honest up front. You've, you've got to pay a fiver to get in. Yeah, rather than than putting fifty p on a pint. Yeah, and then they could also make the choice then if it was a, a of a pub which is a bit more local ilk. Locals may have something cheap, or they may let them not pay at all. Whatever it might be, you can keep it quiet because you don't like you say don't alienate the locals, do you? 
No, because they're, they're your lifeblood. They're, 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 they're the people that will keep you going when sport isn't on the turn. They're your bread and butter. They're the ones who'll remember yeah. as well. But as, as always, thanks to everybody that took the time to feedback and have a comment on that. And um, we welcome you to continue having your say on that. Um, just use the hashtag opinions and you might very well find yourself in this next section. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So, before we get into this, we have another beer being poured and it's our... Contrary to recent shows... It's our first can. It's our first can. Yeah, I was just thinking that when I clicked it. Oh, actually, that's the first time I've done that. Yeah. Um, so we've got a... Uh, and this one may be familiar to some people. This is Phantasma by Magic Rock. It's their gluten-free IPA. And this comes in at a little bit of a bolder. This comes in at 6.5%. Um, and it's registered It's registered by the Vegan Society as well as being gluten-free. Okay. It says it's had six... Uh, a couple of boxes then, doesn't it? Vegan, it, it vegan, does, yeah. vegan as well as uh, gluten free. So uh, yeah. let's let's give this a go. Yeah. Cheers. I mean, the one thing I'm going to say is that I smell it as soon as you crack the can. Yeah, it's no hiding away There's from it. Tropical notes in there. Did this ever come out as a bigger can before? It was. It was a 500 mil can uh, as a limited run, and then it went into core range 330 mil oh, cans. Okay. If only someone could come up with a name for those 500 milliliter cans. Yeah, something that just rolls off the tongue. Mm. Would just make it so much easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, there is quite a nice story behind this actually. That the um, that the manager of the Devonshire Cat in Sheffield that we went into on the Crimbo Crawl. Yeah, the wheels started to come off. We remember that one. Um, she's a celiac, and her fiance is a brewer at Magic Rock, and he brewed her this as a Valentine's Day gift. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean that even outdoes some of your romantic gestures. Yeah, that's not bad going. I mean, I yeah, I mean I chose a beer with a label on it, but I didn't make it or make the label. Um, and again, this uses brewers' clarics to to reduce the levels uh, of, of gluten free. So this is gluten reduced. Yeah, I mean, again, rather than gluten free. Look, I mean, let's be honest. If I if I pick up this can and I'm looking at it from a certain angle, I'm not seeing the word gluten free on it, which is fine because it's in the right place. But I I, I just see it's a Magirock can. It's an IPA. I'd go, I want to try it. Yeah. I, I tried it for the first time only a couple of months ago and I absolutely loved it and I, I'm really pleased to... It, it's one of those that's becoming almost a bit of a staple for me now. I think it's very nice. It's, um, I mean, it has got... I mean, obviously, it's got... It's at the top end of the hazy look, visually. Um, it's got that wonderful fruity aroma, which you say, as soon as I crack the can... It sort of bursts out. Yeah. If you were going to visualise it, you could see it almost like a fountain with the with the flavours and stuff, and the and the aroma. Um, but it still manages to have that slight bitterness at the at the, at the back end of it for yeah. me as well. Um, I've, this has got bags of flavour. It's bags of flavour. It's superbly drinkable at six and a half percent. Oh, again, just just making me think because we've now had four in a row. Whether the that gluten free bit is actually I, maybe it's me just looking for something. Does it make it have that little bit of a lighter feel? Mm, I'm, not, I'm not sure with this one I think this one has got it's got all of the, the the body of a standard Magic Rock IPA yeah but I'm still I'm still feeling a lightness of touch to it but I could just because it's just feel, f- tasting fresh it's chilled because we've only just taken it straight out of the fridge oh, it ticks a lot of boxes so it ticks, ticks all of the boxes that's really tasty and like I said it's 6.5% as well yeah um, let's get into some of this feedback that we've had from um, particularly the last show 
which what was, we, was what anticipated. Talk, what did we talk about in the last show? Well, there, there were two points, I, th- I think, in the last show. There was the whole Beaver Town issue, and then there was the Portman in- interview as well. So we, we've had feedback on, on, on both. So let's let's dig into some of those. So first up from Mark at Kel Fired. Um, very interesting and topical show today, but one thing has rankled me. You seem to play down the aspect of Heineken's treatment of the industry and their human rights indiscretions because you weren't aware of them. They're massive and so important to the debate. The argument that creates jobs could be false, though, because Heineken worked to keep independents out of jobs from breweries, bar staff, publicans who won't sign up. 150 jobs at Beef Town is a drop in the ocean compared to the potential unseen damage, and their exploitation of workers abroad is disgusting and casts of a vast shadow over the 150 would be hired at Beavertown. Just my 2p. Um, first of all, thanks for coming back. There, you know, there's a couple of tweets in that one. Yeah. Um, for me, it was a case of I can't comment on something I don't know about. Yeah, same here. And I, I, I did go back to Mark at the time on, on Twitter and, and, and said that. And he said, well, maybe you could have spent some time researching it. And yes, I'd, well, I'd love to be able to uh, yeah, we could. research but everything the, but the tweet comes back in the day we do the show yeah and we have day jobs so yes with the best will in the world and I already apologise today but I've done very little for this show because of work etc just um, this show oi excuse me <laughs> um, and yeah I would have loved to be able to go into it but it wasn't until one of the tweets came out about someone saying about Heineken versus Nestle and I was unaware of Nestle so perhaps I just don't pay enough attention to some of these other practices that some of these companies have. So it's more that I find it very hard to pass comment and judgment on something I don't know about. I think it's very clear from from generally that I don't sit on the fence about stuff, but I have to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. If I don't know what I'm talking about, then I'm just following suit with other people. Once I know, then I'm going to follow suit or I'll disagree. So I, firstly, I apologise it sounds like I downplayed it, it's more a case of I hate to play up to something or play down to something I don't know about. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I actively try to avoid getting in, in, into discussions where I, I'm not going to be able to back up an argument or I'm not going to be able to back up a point that I'm making because I'm, I'm not factually aware uh, enough of it. And, and yes, could have researched it, but essentially all I would have been doing would have been reciting things that were written on a page because... I don't know about it no. enough. It's it's not my profession. It's not my job to know this sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, it's it's great to get that level of feedback from from, from somebody about a, a yeah, and also also somebody obviously had. does um, a know about it but feels passionately about it. So again, you know, I had no problem with people coming back about this. But yeah, for me, I've got to know something about it before I can comment on it. Otherwise, I just feel a bit false about it. I might as well just read Wikipedia out. I know we did the one a couple of lines earlier, but. Yeah that's what we'd end up doing isn't it I mean so yeah with the best will in the world because what we try to do with the show is have the polls as close to when we record and the news as close to when we record we try to be as on point as possible then the downside of that is that sometimes it will leave us with a lot less time to do research for us so I know that the Heineken news came out uh, the Thursday but the dubious practices took a few days to filter through Yeah, it was more about the beat, what, why were Beavertown doing this? Then, oh, a bit more about Heineken. For me, I didn't start, didn't start to see that stuff till a working day, and that just left me very little time to find out more about it. Um, but thank you very much, and thank you to the people who have, you know, mentioned it because like I said I, just, I simply wasn't aware. 
Yeah. And I will just say at this point as well, um, congratulations to Mark, who's got his very own rating scale on the Three Boys, Three Beers podcast as well, due to his contributions to their show <laughs> as, as, as well. So that's that's some effort when, when you get your own segment on a podcast. Um, we had some feedback from Mark Johnson at Mark and Johnson as well, who um, we quite openly both disagreed with Mark. On, yeah. on the last show and Mark came back to say I've no problem with you disagreeing with me however my comment was more directed at the retail market I was going to explain my point further in regard to the pub but as usual it's inspired a blog length ramble instead so look forward to that also I really enjoyed the post and all the different views great stuff thumbs up emoji thank you very much um, we look forward to it. I haven't seen that blog come out yet no neither have I I'm sure so, it's one that will appear but maybe at some point. a bit like me maybe he's been a bit more distracted he's been, by the football he's been busy with Manchester Beer Week and, and attending uh, lots of events. Didn't he miss an event as well? Yeah, for some, I think because of the football, possibly. No, or the football or too much beer or so. There was some he one was event. Hung, yeah, he yeah, was, he was hanging, weren't he? That was it, yeah. Oh, um, did, did quite enjoy that. And then Caledonians, Caledonian Cider Co. at Caledonian Cider. Really enjoyed the Beavertown Heineken discussion. Only just got around to listening to it. For me, the real issue is that it reminds folk that beer is business. Folk generally don't like the thought that their leisure time is being monetized, even though it obviously is. That's probably quite a good point, actually. Um, yeah, we don't. Like, we don't, you know, maybe because I, again, you know, maybe because I've been working in banking for 30 odd years, uh, I, I tend to be fairly, you know, blase about certain things, but definitely sparked. Uh, even now, there's still rumblings going on, isn't oh, there? Oh, has it stopped? You know, and there's been certain things coming out, there's been various pieces coming out in various places. People have now had time to digest it and now putting out their thoughts about it. Um, it was interesting, but even today, before the news about Four Pure had come up, uh, Glyn Davis had an interview with um, Jasper at Camden Town saying that he didn't, he didn't, right, some people say, it's obvious he would say this, didn't see that it was as much of a problem as people put out there and that Big Beer wasn't out to ruin the craft beer brands that they were taking over and stuff. So I found that quite an interesting bit of timing, but I saw, actually read it today, I think it came out a few days ago. Um, yeah, I, I generally don't think about it. I, I always have the opinion that people need people do something, they need to make money from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, next one was, now this is some anonymous feedback and, and, and the person's asked to stay anonymous as well because they work in the industry and, and, and they don't want to basically get pulled out over it. So this was sent to us via DM. Now, I, I wouldn't normally do this sort of thing. That's a long message. It is a long message, but... The, the individual specifically asked if, if we'd read this out. So okay, I'm, go I'm ahead, I haven't read this. Um, basically, I've seen a lot of uproar regarding Beavertown and obviously Camden has had it bad too. Not sure if most people are aware, but Brooklyn in the UK is, is full licensed license by Carlsberg in the, in the UK. This means that all profits of Brooklyn from people buying the beer in the UK go directly to Carlsberg. They even share breweries and Carlsberg sales rep can put Brooklyn on any tied Carlsberg deal, which neither ABI or Heine can do can do with their London breweries. I'm just curious what people's thoughts are because Brooklyn seems to be able to appear at any UK independent beer festival. They're sponsoring of Manchester Beer Week, but all being financed and profits directly going to Carlsberg. Well, first of all, I didn't know it. I didn't know that, um, and I knew that Carlsberg had some sort of involvement because. Carlsberg and Brooklyn did the joint thing of buying out London Fields, yeah. didn't they? So I knew there was a connection there. Um, I mean, do, I, were Brooklyn, do Brooklyn appear at all the indie, proper indie events now? I don't I've, know. I've never seen them at... They haven't been at Indie Man, Man have they? No. Um, but, they, they, I mean, but they still put on a lot of stuff. 
but they tend to put on a lot of stuff of their own now, don't they? Yeah. Because um, there was one, but one in London last Friday, wasn't there? Oh, the one coming up this Friday or something, wasn't there? Um, so yeah, I, I think that. But it's a good point about the Carlsberg bit. It's, it's an interesting point. Yeah. Um, if anyone, if anyone got any comments off the back of that, let, let us know. Let's take opinions. Um, so a couple of comments on the Portman interview that we did. Um, so Mike McGuire, Mike McGuire um, picked up from the Portman group rep that's something we need to improve on about six times for different issues, detecting a theme. Now, I think I went back to Mike at the time and I said, uh, I think John said at the outset that he's only been with Portman for about a year. Yeah. Like any new CEO, they're going to want to implement change, but it's going to it's going to come over time, isn't it? Yeah, because you have a, let's see what the organisation is like, first of all. You don't want to come in on day one and try and just rip it all apart till you understand it. Um, I think he was keen, I think what he was saying, the way I read it at the time, is that he knows they're not perfect. So his big thing, we know we're not perfect, but it's still better than not having anyone. Yeah. But we could do better. And that's what I took away from a lot of what we were saying to him. And, 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 and they want to, to do better. Yeah. As, as well. Um, and then from the Toy House Brewery at Toy House Brew, what power or sanctions does the Portman Group have? Constant reference to the code makes it sound sinister like something out of a brave new world. Adherence to the code is paramount type affair. Now, I know that wasn't covered in the interview, but I'm pretty sure that was covered in the Tiny Rebel. Yeah, it's, it's in a Tiny blog. Rebel blog post. It's, it's to do with, if, if you don't, the code is there to regulate the industry. Yeah. And this this is my understanding of it. Um, code is there to regulate the industry. If, if you are deemed to be in... Or in breach. In breach of the code, then the sanctions they will make will include, essentially... Bottom line, stopping your beers from getting to market because they will issue notices to suppliers and retailers to stop stocking your product. Yeah, so they can't stop you from making it, brewing it, selling it. They can stop people buying it. And they can, Yeah, they can stop you from distributing yeah. it. And they can... um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does sound, I suppose, when it's worded like that, <laughs> adherence to the code is paramount. It almost sounds, sounds like saying, get the Borg out of Star Trek. But um, then I... I what did he say? There was, there was a really small number of complaints, and then a small num a smaller number of complaints upheld, isn't it? Yeah. It was quite a small percentage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I think that um, I'm glad people are taking the time and trouble to a listen to that segment because it did make the last show very long. It did, yeah. Um, yeah. But we had been planning a slightly shorter show until you know Beavertown turned up. Um, so I'm glad people listened to it. And I hope they did take Sank away from it as well. Because we, we certainly did. Yeah. I we, still know more about Portman than I did before. And we did have a lot of positive comments as well. Um, so that thanks again to everyone for getting involved. Um, one other here this week was... Um, this is from Jamie Lockhart at Jam Lock One. Now, ja- Jamie featured on the last show, Bitter and Linganist, telling us how to pronounce Fallen which is apparently Fallen. Yes. Uh, he's now come back to say, interesting tidbit, the owner, whose surname is Fallen, came into the brewery, post my reply to say he was hoping that people would pronounce it as Fallen. It wasn't until people figured it out and passed on the info that it had become Fallen. So I'm not really sure what Jamie wants us to do with this at this point. Is it, well, is it Fallen or Fallen? Better tell, better tell us soon because we've still got some beers to feature in a future show. <laughs> we have. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, Jamie, if you're listening, please tell us how we're supposed yeah, to pronounce it. So, so we can get it right. That, that one. 
Um, and finally, it's uh, Paul's question of the week. Questions, questions fill my head. So Paul at UNRCD this week, um, and this is an interesting one. Uh, so just having a punk IPA, but thinking, why do they do it in bottles and cans? Why would you choose a bottle over a can? Ooh, that's interesting. Can I think about that for a second? While sure, we... should we have a drink? And yeah, think about so that? I've opened the last beer. Okay. So, uh, cheers. Cheers. And this is Arbor's Mosaic. Yeah, so it's Arbor's Mosaic gluten-free single hop pale ale, which comes in there. Oh, that's tasty. 568 milliliter bottle. It's just a pint bottle. It is a pint bottle. Um, heavily hopped mosaic pale ale with bold floral and tropical fruit flavors and aromas. Tick, tick, tick. That is that is stunning, and it is also as crisp as anything. That's really crisp, actually. Four uh, percent, taking a bit of a drop, but that flavour profile for four percent. Wow, 4%. I would I would never have called. I thought that it was 4%. less. We literally said it. I thought it was less. Um, and this one again, advertised as gluten-free, and you can tell us a bit bit more about how they've achieved that one. But again, this one is also coming up as vegan as well. So okay. for a couple of the beers, it's going hand in hand. Well, is it? Is it on all of them? It wasn't advertised on that one. It's not on that one. I'm, is, is the Brewdog one vegan? Yep, Brewdog one's vegan as well. Okay. So there is a connection here, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and this one, you know, bearing in mind Arbor, a fairly hop-forward, fairly modern brewery. Um, like a lot of their beers, this is a bottle conditioned. Interesting. Now, I'm wondering if the vegan element is to do with the fact that they're using this... Brewers Clarex to reduce the gluten levels and then therefore not having to use finings of any sort. That's what I was thinking. Because again... Maybe it does the same job. It does a lot of it. Because again, this beer isn't quite clear, is it? No, but it's hazy. It's hazy. Um, obviously, the Magic Rock dip was definitely on the on the high end of haze. Uh, the Ancient Grain beer didn't have anything in it, so it, did, it was uh, unpasteurised. Wouldn't have been able to tell with a marmalade porter because <laughs> that was really it was, dark. Yeah, it was, it was black as uh, the middle of the night, yeah. And uh, the, the Vagabond, like a lot, was probably the clearest beer, actually, we had. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, but that's... that's but this brutal, is 4%. Isn't it? Now, yeah, this is this is the third in a series of single hot gluten-free beers they've done. Um, and again, it's it's brewed using the, the brewer's Clarex to, to reduce the gluten levels rather than it being gluten-free. And it's delicious. Mm. That is really nice. That's really tasty, actually. Right, I've got part of an answer. Go on then. Right, so at work, you may have heard me mention before, but Punk IPA has managed to make its way into the beer selection along with London Pride and Peroni, which were staples. So we had a bitter and we had a lager and we've now got Punk. Yeah. There's no way for generally the work events, whether they be internal or client-driven, you're going to serve a can. And I think that... Aesthetically... It ain't gonna work. Something, something that's the same with restaurants as well. Yeah, they it's, want bottles. That restaurants want bottles. If if they're gonna serve craft yeah. beer, they want it in bottles, and they want to be able to serve yeah. a bottle rather than than a can. Yeah, and I think there is still a cash a cachet for want of a better phrase of taking bottles sometimes to places. Yeah, because obviously punk still do their six sixty bombers for dead pony. At, yeah, punk brewdog do punk and dead pony in six sixties. Um, at work when I do the beer festivals I have been trying I've been introducing cans quite a lot purely so that I can tell people there isn't anything wrong with a can because some people still have it as a, as a can to just be crushed 
in, in, a, in something which a few of you will understand in Stone Cold Austin, Steve Austin style. Um, but yeah, they, um, I think it's a lot for me. I am ambivalent. If I go into the shop and I want, I bought some, for Clayfest, I bought some Brewdog cat cans because they're definitely easier to transport from where I am than than where we're going so that that's a transport issue but if I went in then I really wanted some brew dog punk and they didn't have cans I'd buy bottles for the fridge essentially for me it's going to be the same beer it it is and I think I think it's interesting you know because at the moment I think you can get what you can get one of those fridge packs of punk for 13 quid in in, in Tesco again which is about pound 50 a can yeah even with their deal of three for five twenty-five, you're not going to get anywhere near that with bottles. God no, for, for essentially the same amount of beer for storage. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I I, I still find it, I, what I do find weird is that they carried on doing it because you can imagine a brew dog would be looking, but perhaps because they want their beers to be literally everywhere, they're going to carry on delivering it so that people can't say, oh, "We can't have your beers because it's only in one way." Yeah. Makes it makes sense to though, and that, and they do have that um, particular theatre trip of if you you ever ever lucky enough to get invited up to their brewery on one of their their press tours, they do give you a bottle of punch straight off of the bottling line, and it's it's an experience that I, I I would say that's the best bottle of punk I've ever had. Ask anybody that's been on one of those trips, and they will say the same yeah. thing because of the theatre and, and and the moment oh, yeah. and and, everything. and you believe it's the freshest punk that you've ever had yeah of course and I can I can I can get that and a, a bottling plant does look pretty awesome I have to admit yeah um, and it sounds better than can, a, a can in line as well yeah there is that there has a certain different that different clinking and yeah. clinking yeah but that's a good question thank you Paul yes thank you as always um, and that pretty much brings us to the end of the show Matt. I mean our, our listeners are going to be pleased because this is coming significantly shorter than, than certainly the last show well, um, quite and, some and, distance and, actually and, and maybe a couple of the shows before that Love um, Island is still on in the front room <laughs> yeah. now I, I do just want to say at this point again a massive thank you to Matt at Gluten Free Pint who um, has helped us out with some information about the beers and a little bit with the knowledge around the difference between gluten-free and gluten-reduced. So make sure you give Matt a follow. We'll also put a link to the Facebook page in the show notes if you want to have a click through and, and have a little bit of a read yeah, of, no, it's, of what it's all about. I always, take the, I always like it when people take the time to give us well, a, a bit of information. Yeah. It's always handy to have some facts. Um, but thanks again to everyone who's um, contributed in any which way. Yes, yes. And also um, thanks to Inkling for, for sending through the ancient grain beer the golden era and and thanks to sean at beer central for helping us out with the others as well yeah for for choosing a a nice selection of of styles as well because unfortunately it seems to be that gluten-free much like alcohol-free beers tend to only have one style it tends to be the pale versions of the beers and it was nice to have that marmalade porter to to break up that was lovely um, i'm glad we i'm glad we slotted that one in there actually Very much so. Um, it worked really well. What's your final thoughts on the album? Is I, I am loving this. This is quite possibly the, the, the beer of the evening. Yeah. Um, we had a bit of a debate about the order, as we always do, because we just like to play around with that. Um, and it's following, you know, it's followed the Marmalade Porter and the Magic Rock, which came in, at, and the Magic Rock came in at 6.5%. We dropped down 2.5%, standing up pretty well. See, I was, I was pushing to have Magic Rock at the end. And, and you said no this this needs to be the final beer yeah. good call mate because that 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 drop down 
perfect. Yeah. It's really tasty. I mean, we had no idea it was going to be quite as crisp and no, as, as tasty as it I, is. I based it purely on the fact that I know that we both like mosaic as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that, that's incredible. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, so that's our run-through of gluten-free with a little bit of science in there. Yeah, yeah, some as, facts. As, as well, some actual facts. Yeah, hashtag. And you might get some more facts again on the next show. Yeah, where we haven't just mentioned it, we'll be doing the um, the alcohol-free beers. Yeah. Of which there seems to be a bit of a... Alcohol-free. Been a bit of a burst of them recently as well. So, yeah, uh, because I did... Um, we, we did alcohol free for show two. Show two, back the, in the, summer summer 16. And I do believe you threatened that if I ever suggested doing it again, you'd leave. Yeah, and I haven't yet. And um, But I am, I'm actually looking forward to this one because I think there's, the range has increased. I, I think so. And, and we're going we're gonna to certainly be featuring some beers that have recently been released to market. Yeah. As, and I think people's well. perception has also about what they want and expect from an alcohol free beer has changed as well. Yeah. And hopefully there'll be some more science. Yes. As well for people to yeah, enjoy. Yeah, basically if other people tell us some scientific stuff, we'll read it out. We'll feature it, yeah. <laughs> Might need to come up with a new hashtag for, 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 for that. Facts. But anyway, until next time, mate. Cheers. Cheers.